Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Itching with Clarity podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy it. I've been thinking about homes. I've actually been thinking about not much else for months, because we had to move out of the place we'd been renting for 28 years, and uh, you know how they say moving house is meant to be one of the most stressful experiences of your life? Well, let's just say that in that case, we've been doing it exactly right. Yi has helped. It's guided me through the process and answered an endless stream of questions with huge kindness. What I mean by kindness is partly the way it always gives me a single, unchanging hexagram when I'm really at a low ebb and asking for help, and partly that sense it gives of being seen more clearly than I can see myself. And then there are the references between readings, recurring hexagrams, recurring images, and not least the time when I accidentally asked the same question twice and received the exact same answer, same hexagram, same three lines moving. Anyway, I can't imagine how I would have got through this without it. I'd love to tell you the whole story, but it involves my husband at every stage, and he really doesn't want to be the topic of any podcast episodes. Also, it's all ludicrously convoluted, and it might just drive you entirely insane. However, I did find one home-related reading from my journal that I think you'll enjoy. I took some time off from staring at online homes for sale listings and asked, what's the key to creating a home? Yi gave me hexagram 53, gradual progress, changing at line 5 to 52, stilling. Gradually progressing the long, slow journey, and stilling. First impressions of the reading, slow and still. And maybe 52 gives a sense of the journey coming to a resting place. Hexagram 53 has a superabundance of imagery, doesn't it? To start with, there's the woman marrying. Gradual development, the woman marries. Good fortune, constancy bears fruit. Marrying also means coming home. For women in early China, marriage meant leaving your family home and going to live with your husband. The same word means return to, go back to and the dictionary says it's used for taking refuge in the Buddha. It all gives me a very deep sense of coming to the place where you belong. Then there's the name of the hexagram itself, Jian. It was also the name of a river, and that may have been the word's original meaning, certainly water is part of the character. Its meanings include seeping in, soaking in, advancing gradually, step by step, little by little, drop by drop, something slow and a long time. You can imagine the river, something broad and vast on a great slow journey. Constancy bears fruit. This isn't instant good fortune. A home is not created overnight. That's always been my dominant experience of Hexagram 53. It's very slow. People often get it when they think nothing is happening at all. So this is a big call for me to be patient. Also, I think it's a reminder that creating a home can't be a solo project, or not for me. The Zagua says, gradual progress, the marrying woman waits for the man to act. 
Then, of course, in the moving lines, you get the story of the wild geese on their migration, that big, free, open, aerial view. Geese make for life. Partnership also creates a home. In my readings, 53 is often code for think about your marriage. I expect it must be that for a lot of other married people, too. After all, marriage is a process, not a state. Getting married might happen with the stroke of a pen, but becoming married might last a lifetime. And then there are the trigrams, mountain below, wood above, the tree growing on the mountain. This isn't going to shoot up overnight, it's not a Leylandy hedge. I picture a tough, slow-growing, wizened sort of tree, rooting into the solid rock. On the mountain is a tree, gradual progress. A noble one abides in virtuous character and improves the ordinary. This makes me think of a tree's mini-ecosystem. There's an ancient oak on the common where I used to walk, and I would visit it and enter into its realm of influence. Moss, lichen, insects, fungi, birds, even other trees putting down roots between its branches. Everything, a whole world it sustained. That could be a picture of homemaking too. Stay where you are, have strong roots, be your best self, and let your influence spread. Inwardly there's mountain, solid and grounded. Outwardly there's growth and penetration permeating your space. So that's gradual progress. The tree on the mountain, the geese on their way, the woman marrying, the vast, slow meandering of the river. All ways to imagine creating a home. Then the relating hexagram is 52, stilling. It's also the previous step in the sequence of hexagrams, of course. And it's only a single line's change away, a single trigram change. Instead of the tree on the mountain... This shows mountain above mountain, which, to me, in this reading, emphasises the idea that 53's tree rests on the mountain, that stillness and solidity underlie development. The sequence says, Things cannot end with standstill, and so gradual progress follows. Gradual progress means advancing. So that's one of those sequence steps that says the first hexagram naturally becomes the next that the innate momentum of things tends to flow that way. It gives me a sense of something very well grounded. Also, since 52 is my relating hexagram, and that one's more mine, while the primary hexagram is the more direct answer, it tells me that while my personal tendency might be towards stilling, the natural flow of things calls for gradual progress. Hexagram 52 says... Stilling your back, not grasping yourself. Moving in your rooms, not seeing your people. Not a mistake. It's worth admitting that I've been thinking of homemaking as something I do on my own. Some of the more esoteric things I want to do, like careful use of essential oil blends or clearing and changing the space with sound, I definitely want to do moving in my rooms, not seeing my people since my people is my highly scientifically-minded, quite sceptical husband. In other words, I plan to do my wandering round the house singing at full volume into all the corners while he's out. Since 52 is just the relating hexagram, I can see this is part of the picture, but not all of it. I've always found 52 strangely reassuring, though. 
stilling my back, not grasping at myself, not trying to see and analyse everything I'm feeling or doing, and moving in my rooms, not seeing my people, being alone, not having everything up for discussion. It's also not a mistake. It's okay not to subject everything to scrutiny. It's okay for some things to be still, maybe hidden, for them just to be. 52 is responding to 51, shock, which is something like an earthquake with the ground slipping away from under your feet. We've altogether had enough of that to last us over the past six months or so. Creating a home means letting things settle and not challenging and questioning everything. And then there's 53 in the foreground, and knowing from the sequence that 52 tends to flow into 53. So that gives me the sense that a feeling of home, and the shared journey of creating that, emerges naturally from this stillness. I don't need to challenge or second-guess it. To borrow the trigram imagery, I don't need to dig the mountain with a fork for the tree to grow there. Speaking of mountains, joined mountains, stilling. A noble one reflects and does not come forth from his situation. That's very different from 51's image. Rolling thunder, shock. A noble one in fear and dread sets things in order and is watchful. So 52 is thoughtful, sitting with things and taking them in, but not jumping about trying to set them to rights. It's not wake up, but settle down. Thank goodness. And finally, there's the changing line. I say and finally when really it's the most important part, the most direct answer. But I like to leave moving lines until last so I can understand them in context. So this is the line that emerges from gradual progress resting in stillness. 53, line 5. The wild geese gradually progress to the ancestral grave mounds. The wife is not pregnant for three years. In the end, nothing can prevent it. Good fortune. I'm interpreting a bit with that translation, actually. It literally only says the geese are progressing to a hill which makes sense when this line change creates the trigram mountain. The word for hill did also mean a burial mound, though, and I can well imagine that being implied here. A new wife would need to go and join the rituals to honour her husband's ancestors, and hence connect with the spirit of the place, really becoming part of the spiritual life of her new home. I appreciate the idea of the grave mounds in this reading especially because that is how people connect to place. My mum put up this shelf, or my grandfather planted this tree, and so on. I've been reading up about different places we might move to, and I kept finding people saying they'd grown up in a town, moved away, but nowhere else was the same, and so they'd moved back and they never wanted to leave again. And they'd attribute this to some quality of the town, like the community being uniquely friendly when you could see that in itself the town wasn't anything special at all. It's just that this was where they found their ancestral grave mounds. So what can we do with this idea when we're uprooted and not going back to our own ancestral place? Maybe we find a deep sense of kinship in other ways, through different non-genetic kinds of ancestry? I don't know. 
And, according to the line, it's going to take me a while to understand this one. The wife isn't pregnant for three years. In the end, nothing can prevent it. Culturally, of course, the wife getting pregnant was the whole point of marriage in old China. A childless marriage, the end of the family line, with no one to honour and feed your spirit when you were gone, would be a huge disaster. So here we have something that for a long time looks absolutely calamitous, when it's really just a very, very slow success. That might be speaking more to my immediate situation as I cast the reading, which was pretty spectacularly unpromising, as well as answering my question. Nothing can stop you creating a home, it says. That's seeing pregnancy as the outcome, the success. But of course, pregnancy is really a beginning, and that's what's promised here. Incubation, growth, something still hidden. Basically, the key to creating a home looks like enormous patience. It's a long, slow journey just to kindle that spark of life. And in the meantime, it's quite probably going to look like a huge, disastrous failure. I never normally take those three years literally, though, so I'm not going to start now. Since I still have some time, I'm going to add a really yeeky postscript to this reading. I do enjoy digging into a reading with subtle, far-reaching interpretive tools. And one of my favourites over the past few years has been the nuclear story of a hexagram. This is the kind of thing that's much easier to understand visually, so I'll add some pictures to the show notes at onlineclarity.co.uk forward slash 20. But I can walk you through it now. You know how each hexagram is formed from two trigrams. Lines 1, 2 and 3 make the lower trigram, lines 4, 5 and 6 make the upper trigram. But if you peer closely at the insides of the hexagram, as it were, you see there are another two trigrams there, that is, another two sets of three adjacent lines. Lines 2, 3 and 4 make a trigram, and so do 3, 4 and 5. Those are the nuclear trigrams. Harman Mesker does some great work with those. You can find it on his YouTube channel, which rejoices in the brilliant name of YouTube. I am quite jealous I didn't think of that one first. Anyway, what I find absolutely fascinating are the new hexagrams that unfold from inside the cast hexagram when you combine these trigrams. Combining the two nuclear trigrams, building a hexagram from lines 234 and 345, creates the true nuclear hexagram. But combining the original lower trigram with the lower nuclear trigram builds a hexagram too, from lines 123, 234. And so does combining the upper nuclear trigram with the upper trigram, lines 345, 456. So if you cast hexagram 53 and unpack all four trigrams, you find three nuclear trigrams that tell its inner story. These are hexagram 39, limping, 64, not yet crossing, and 37, people in the home. The first of these hexagrams shows the beginning of the story, the call to the hero, the challenge. Here it's 39, limping. You find yourself struggling and you have to answer the question, where do I go from here? Where do I find help? How can I turn myself around? 
And this challenge guides you into gradual progress, to beginning the journey back home with those wild geese. Then the true nuclear hexagram of gradual progress, the deep theme it's working out, is 64, not yet crossing. Not being wholly committed yet, not feeling the time is right, in fact, feeling everything is exactly wrong, and having this natural wariness of starting too soon and getting stuck. This unease is buried somewhere inside gradual progress. You may be on your journey, you may be coming home, but you're not there yet. Nothing's decided, nothing's settled. The woman's marrying, but she isn't at home yet in her new place. Everything's still fluid, all the boundaries are still shifting. And the final nuclear hexagram, built from the upper nuclear trigram with the upper trigram, is 37, people in the home. This one tends to represent a goal or something to learn, the moral of the story or its final transformation. So it's not hard to see how this responds to my question, and actually not hard to see how it fits with hexagram 53 either, because of course the woman marrying and the migrating geese and, come to that, the tree rooting into the mountain and the great river flowing towards the sea, they're all in search of home. So that by itself gives me a sense of the inner story of my reading, of what it means to create a home. The creative response to struggle, the flux and uncertainty, and the overarching goal of finding your place among people. But, as it says in all the best adverts, wait, there's more. The moving line I cast, the heart of the reading, also has its reflections in this nuclear story. It's not in the first nuclear hexagram, 39, because I had line 5 moving, and hexagram 39 is made only from lines 1 to 4. But it is part of the nuclear hexagram 64, its sixth line, and it forms both line 3 and line 5 of hexagram 37. So let's just listen to that. The wild geese gradually progress to the ancestral grave mounds. The wife is not pregnant for three years. In the end, nothing can prevent it. Good fortune. Being true and confident in drinking wine, not a mistake. Soaking your head, being true and confident, losing your grip on that. People in the home scold and scold. Regrets, danger, good fortune. Wife and child giggle and giggle, in the end, shame. With the king's presence, there is a home. Do not worry. Good fortune. Just listening in a very open, very vague sort of way, this seems to have a lot to do with slowness and delayed gratification. Line 6 of hexagram 64 is an odd one. The final line, the completion of not being complete. So it's complete and arrived in imagination, in trust, drunk on its certain future success, anticipating joy. Nothing can prevent it, says 53 line 5. Only, of course, it's best not to lose your grip on where you are now all the same, which is only our route, not there yet. Three years still to go. Then those two lines in 37 actually pointing towards a fully realised home for people. Scolding and scolding means regrets, danger and good fortune. Giggling with the children means shame in the end. Looking at this now, 
it seems to me to be a picture of delayed gratification. You can have laughter now and shame later, or you can have severity and the change represented by regrets and ultimately good fortune. On other days and in other contexts, I've gleaned different things from this line, but today it seems to be saying keep flying, keep going through the barren times. Harshness and some discipline now mean fruition later. That joins together seamlessly with 37 line 5. With the king's presence, there's a home, don't worry, good fortune. The king. Again, at different times, this has looked like different things for me. But today, it looks like authority and clarity about who you are and how you choose to be here. The king's presence makes the scolding scolding feel as though it's going somewhere, aiming for something. It gives me a reason to do the washing up now, in fact. So I'll go and do that. I hope you've enjoyed this reading. Do let me know, as I very much want this podcast to be helpful to you. If you'd like to discuss one of your readings with me on the podcast, you're very welcome to do that. I'd love to have you. Please visit onlineclarity.co.uk forward slash share. That's O-N-L-I-N-E C-L-A-R-I-T-Y dot C-O dot U-K forward slash S-H-A-R-E and book yourself a free reading there. Thank you.